Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Joined now by the outstanding Jerry Dulac, Steelers Network, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We have Jerry all set to go here. I'm yeah, all set is. to go, Steve. Hello. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, my friend? friend? First of all, happy holidays to you and that great family of yours. Well, thank you very much for saying that. I'm excited, uh, Steve. My daughter is coming home tonight uh, from Orlando where she is working, and uh, she's coming in for a wedding for a couple, three days. So I'm thrilled to have her come home for uh, even a short time. Just glad that she'll be back for a little while. For a little and while. And she is a she is first class in every way. So, well, well I raised. appreciate you saying that, my friend. Well raised. Uh, let's see now. Four hundred yards, and scored as many points as Iowa does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most of the Big Ten actually, except for three yeah. teams. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what did you see that was even different? On, on Sunday that maybe you hadn't seen before, if anything. Yeah, we'll start with the 421 yards. That's what we haven't seen since Matt Cannon has been the coordinator. You go back to week two of the 2020 season was the last time they had had over 400 yards in a game, and it's the most since um, uh, 218 uh, yeah. when in a game in New Orleans. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, of course, is the biggest difference. The, the flow and fluidity of going up and down the field. Yeah, the net result is they still had one touchdown and just 16 points. So if you're just looking at it and you're saying, oh, okay, they fired the coordinator, and look, it's just the same old thing. Uh, From that standpoint, yes. But you saw them uh, willing to attack downfield more. You saw a little, a more comfortable Kenny Pickett. Uh, His deep throw accuracy the other day was spot on. And I thought there was a certain amount of irony, if not symmetry, that, I mean, I even said, uh, to me, I don't want to say it was an easy guess, but I said first play, the first play of the game is going to be down the middle to Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, and you know both a guy who's been missing in an area of the field that, for the most part, has been missing, and that's what they did. And um, you know that's that's what you saw. I mean, the running game's been the running game, Steve. Yes. Uh, the last four games yeah. they're averaging 174 yards, so that right. hasn't changed. But I think it, it's the comfort factor. Kenny Pickett really likes Mike, Mike Sullivan. He has a nice relationship with him. Um, so you you um, you know, and ha- obviously getting Pat Fryermuth back uh, really helped the the passing attack. That's you know, those are the second most yards. I mean, two seventy eight. It's not like it was four hundred, but those are the second most uh, passing yards that um, Kenny Pickett has uh, in in a game or has had in a game. <clears throat> you know, seven games now without an interception. I think it's like. 215 throws without a pick. The the downside of that, Steve, is just you know four touchdowns on a year and 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 yeah. one in the past uh, six games. And so that's an area that needs to improve. Um, but you could you just had it was just the feel and the look of the offense was entirely different, despite the fact that the point totals were still the same. You and I both know in watching players over the years. Quarterbacks will have a certain comfort level with certain people, people they can trust in certain areas. Now, and this is me from 30,000 feet, it just seems that Kenny Pickett has always had a pretty good feel for Pat Fryermuth out there. There's no question about it, and, and, and he has a good feel with with uh, Mike Sullivan, you know, his quarterback coach. You know, it's funny. Yeah. 
Steve, uh, I'm, I'm watching, you know, when I'm doing the, the pregame show up in the booth, and I'm watching the guys warm up as I typically do, and I'm watching Kenny Pickett throw, and I'm thinking to myself, man, he looks really comfortable making the throws down the field. Just, you know, the, the ease with which he looked. And it just it just struck me, and I watch him every game, not specifically, but I watch it because it's in front of me. Yeah. And I and 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 I remember thinking that boy, he just looks more comfortable um, throwing that uh, th- whichever pass he was throwing, but especially the deep ones. Now that would be akin to me going to the Masters, watching the guys on the practice range, and saying, "Oh yeah, I like yeah. Max Homa because he's hitting a lot of straight balls." I mean, that's you know that's ridiculous. Sure. But right. but and I don't know if there was any correlation. But Kenny Pickett played that way uh, on Sunday. And and um, I think it was just the whole idea of a new coordinator, the comfort level that he has with his quarterback coach now calling the plays. And I think I don't think there's any question there was a palpable amount of of excitement that things were going to change. And I think that was part of it too. You you and I both know that you play your defense to your offense. And if you feel like, you know, and I can't really take as many chances because my offense can't get it back, you're not going to take as many chances. Do you think the door might be open, and we'll see how the next couple weeks play out, that the Steelers' defense can unleash even a little bit more because they feel the offense has the ability to get it back? You know, Steve, I've actually talked with a couple uh, defensive coordinators, former defense coordinators about that, including your friend and mine, Tom Bradley. And, and Yeah. yeah, I mean... When you have an offense that you feel can score more points, um, maybe you call a few more zero blitzes. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing about the Steelers is their defense has been pretty good throughout, but that's, uh, um, you know, but they've been, they've had to play that way. They've had to keep themselves in those games because of their, uh, because of their uh, offense. And so, you know, I, I always compare it as you, as you, as I just did, and you, as you, as you know, I compare it to golf. If you are not making birdies, then you are playing not to make bogeys. Right. And you can't play that way. But if you're, make, if you're making birdies, then you think, okay, I'm not going to worry about a bogey because I'll make it up with a birdie. And it's the same thing in football. You know, if you make a mistake defensively, if you try something, you make a mistake, you think, okay, well, our offense is good enough. They can bail me out. So you can't play, you can't play scared. You can't always play conservative. But you have to when your offense isn't making birdies. But when they are, then all of a sudden you could take a few more chances. Yeah. Uh, T.J. Watt, uh, it's interesting. The number of tackles versus the number of negative plays, I'm talking about that he creates, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a remarkable percentage. He has the ability to make the big, spectacular play. How does he do on the, quote, ordinary downs, in your opinion? You, you know, Steve, it's funny because, yeah, he's tied for the league lead with 13 and a half sacks, but I have seen games where he is just as impactful, maybe even more, mm-hmm. when he doesn't have any sacks or might just have one because the quarterback is so bothered. This is what happened in Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo was so bothered where the T.J. Watt was, uh, uh, where he was, and how quick is he coming that every time he took the snap and dropped back or got the center snap, he peeked to the right to see where T.J. Watt was. And also other teams, that we've seen it a lot lately, they're committing at least two guys to him because they do not want him to wreck the game. And, and because of that, now you're giving up a body 
uh, somewhere along the line of scrimmage or with a back or a tight end, usually not a back, though, because they kill those, um, that, that, that otherwise might be able to be involved in the play. And so that's how he affects and impacts the game and, and other offenses. Um, what he uh, T.J. Watt is not – Alex Highsmith on the other side is better. He, he sets the edge better and is better against the run. But it's also because of what they have T.J. Watt do. But you have seen him make interceptions, back passes at the line of scrimmage, and we saw him earlier this year, uh, you know, drop in the coverage and, and um, you know, make, uh, make the interception and, um, you know, turn that game around. So he does it in different ways, uh, even without, uh, you know, making a sack. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, a, it's amazing what, like, what a guy can do even though he's not the one making the play, but he's the guy that creates the play. And right. that's what, to right. me, what Watt does. He creates the play. Uh, how important is it going to be down the stretch having the presence of Minka Fitzpatrick? Well, you know, they've gone four games without him, Stephen. I don't think that was what they had thought was going to happen. If that was the case, they would have put him on IR for four games. Right. Um, I think they thought it was a two-game injury, at worst three games, but you know how it is with hamstring injuries. It's a very tenuous injury, and they wanted to be extra careful because they saw what happened with Pat Fryermuth early in the year. He had a hamstring injury. They had to buy a week, so that was only two weeks. He tried to come back uh, probably too early. Maybe it wasn't too early, but he was given the clearance, and then he pops it in practice, and then he goes on IR for four more games. So they wanted to be extra careful uh, with Minka, but having him back, you know, that's the one thing that's happened, you know, the guys in the secondary, DeMonte Casey has stepped in to be the free safety. They, you know, this guy that they had in training camp, Trenton Thompson, has yeah. stepped in. He made the play the other day that turned the game around. The interception on the pass intended for Jamar Chase to start the second half. Um, you know, so they have played very well with the with the moving pieces that they've had to use, and having Minka back uh, obviously just makes them uh, makes them even better. I mean, to me. He is the most indispensable player on the defense because of uh, all the different places that they use him on the field. And, um, you know, you could talk about losing Cam Hayward, which is big, and you could talk about losing T.J. Watt, which is really big. But to me, I think losing Minkin Fitzpatrick really stresses the defense because they use him in so many different spots um, that uh, to take, you know, one guy isn't going to replace him for his, just his position. So quite naturally, one guy isn't going to replace, be able to replace him when he's moved around to four or five different positions. I do have to ask you about the Deontay Johnson play. Uh, it's and To me, it's more than just the play. It was his explanation where he said, well, I was blocking on the play and I didn't see what was going on. I'm like, no. he didn't even move. Uh, yeah, he I mean, did, right. I mean, he, he wasn't blocking either. If you if you call standing there and putting your arms out to the guy, but you're right. There's no excuse for it, Steve. And this isn't the you know we've seen several repeated instances with Deontay Johnson. I mean, I'm a little surprised. I mean, I certainly don't put him in the Antonio Brown category or anything like that. But you know, he had to dust up with Mitch Trubisky at halftime in Week Four last mm-hmm. week that got Trubisky benched. He obviously had an altercation with Minka Fitzpatrick, which he acknowledged that happened to uh, be, uh, after the Browns game. And and I'm sure what that was was Minka watching uh, watching him on the field and seeing his attitude. And right. I'm sure that's what the, was the genesis of, of that argument. Uh, now there was, uh, you know, this, this uh, uh, 
what he did the other day is inexcusable. And right. the fact that uh, if he is not going to be punished beyond apologizing to his teammates is just surprising to me because I don't know how, as a coach, you tolerate that because other teammates see that and think, okay, you're going to let him get away with that? You're not going right. to do anything to him? And yeah. um, it, it, it was indefensible. And to me, he he needs to be held more accountable than just apologizing to his teammates and saying it'll never happen again. When his track record the last couple of years is that there's always little something with him. Um, you know, typically you don't see that from him in terms of his performance on the field. Um, but, you know, this, this wasn't the first time, and I, I'm sure it will not be the last. Uh, I have to ask you, they're in an interesting stretch right now. They've got Arizona coming up this weekend, which has won just a couple of times this year. Uh, when you look at this stretch, the door is open to maybe 11-7 and seven with this team. I mean, the door. It doesn't mean they're going to get there. But what's your thought on the stretch that they have coming up to maybe allow them to build a playoff resume? There is no question about it, Steve. To me, and I, that was what played into the Matt Canada firing, is that um, you know they realized even after that Browns game, that was the final straw. That hey, we're at six and four, and we're in this thing, and this AFC is wide open. There is not an unbeatable team in the AFC, and they thought we can't continue to keep playing this way offensively. And so yeah, they have Arizona, then they have New England, two two win teams. So conceivably, conceivably, they should get to nine and three. Then they play Indy, and then they get the Bengals again, minus Joe yeah. Burrow. So, you know, even if they would lose to Indy, they're looking at ten and four with two games to go. And when you and that right now would keep them no more, no more than one game behind not only a division lead, but uh, a, a number one seed potentially in the AFC. As ridiculous as that sounds, and as far fetched as that sounds. It's not that far-fetched. And now I'm not going to say sit here and say they're going to do that. Their last two games are at Seattle and at Baltimore. But the possibility and the opportunity exists for them to do that as late as Christmas Day. So, yeah, it's, they have a very favorable schedule. Baltimore has three games in a row against Miami, San Francisco, and Jacksonville, in Jacksonville. So after they play the Rams following their bye, they have those three teams. I doubt they're going to go 3-0 and through those three games. So, right. yeah, it's very reasonable to think that they could get a home playoff game and, like I said, as ridiculous as it sounds, be in the hunt for the number one seed. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> uh, one final question, Jerry. Tom Brady made a statement about, about the league and where he thinks the league is right now. In terms of the quality of play, he's not enamored with it. What do you think of the quality of play in the league right now? I, I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, I think he's 100% right. Uh, I, I don't know what it is or why it is, but I agree that when you look at it offensively and the quality of the games, the games are dull to watch. Um, I couldn't put a finger on it. Um, but whatever it is, uh, I agree with them. You you don't see um, you just don't see as many stars excelling. I don't know if people were turned off by the selfishness of today's athlete, but that's been going on for a while. Yep. So yeah, it's it's I, when I heard him say it, I I couldn't have agreed with him more. Yeah, you know what? So did I. I felt the same way. It's just something that's just 
like a couple steps off with the league that it's homogenized. You've got too many quarterbacks out too, but there's just something about the league that there's, there's not an excitement and everybody keeps trying to manufacture an excitement that to me is not there. I agree with you. I agree a hundred percent. My friend, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We will talk again uh, before the month's out. So uh, I won't wish you happy holidays just yet because I'm counting on talking to you again. Well, I hope so, and I'll look forward to it, Steve, as you know. Be well, my friend. Be well and enjoy your family this weekend. I will. Thanks, man. Jerry Dulac.